0: the look on your face just says like okay so so for the audience i'm a few minutes late and i just joined the call and i was expecting i was expecting connor to be doing something else but no he's just sitting there staring at the camera as if he's just been sitting there still doing nothing else for the past for the past half an hour i'm sorry buddy
1: Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 33, recorded on June 26, 2021. My name is Connor, and today with my co-host, Bryce, we have a casual chat about Bryce's impending move to New York City and also the upcoming 2022 ISO C++ committee meetings.
0: So yeah, I'm sorry I was late. I uh, I do this thing now where I eat breakfast after my morning bikes, mm. bike rides, so, uh, and i um, uh i i did a very intensive bike ride yesterday um broke a new personal record woo um but then this morning i got out to bike ride and i was just like oh my god i'm i'm old nothing works this is gonna take forever
1: (laughs) what was the personal record you broke distance speed
0: um yeah just like average average speed nice so i did i did um Yesterday, I did twenty kilometers at an average speed of thirty kilometers an hour, and I usually do around that distance at uh an average speed of twenty eight kilometers an hour so you know you're you're uh when you're um uh like bike training you're supposed to either increase your velocity or your distance so i had been working on increasing distance for a while and now i've been working on upping my velocity but anyway so i got back a little bit a little bit later than expected and then i had to shower and um i had to have my breakfast cheese and uh i was like i could come Ten minutes earlier to the podcast, and just eat my breakfast cheese during the podcast. But it's a podcast, so me eating cheese and crackers probably isn't going to come over that well.
1: Just and to be clear, a few minutes. By a few minutes, what Bryce means is thirty-three minutes late. I. It was thirty
0: minutes. It was thirty. It was minutes. thirty-three. I give you a it answer. was thirty-three. I'm, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> it's uh it's all right. I mean, I was 50 minutes late for the last one, and we had guests that time. So, um, when yeah. are you moving? I was half expecting you to I'm be moving. in New York because uh, you took.
0: No, I move August 25th, and uh, um, I'm flying out next week. Actually, like, like eight days, I fly out to New York to go find a place. Ooh. Yeah, is it eight day- No, maybe it's like two weeks. No, I guess it's basically like next week. I fly out on the seventh. There's a lot of big C plus names moving between uh, companies. You know about one of we can't say it yet, but you know about one of them that's happening. It's coming
1: to Nvidia. Somebody
0: coming to Nvidia? Yeah, I'm very excited about.
1: Yes, as am I. Um, Drama. Yeah. Do I leave this? Do I leave this in the podcast? Because uh,
0: I, I. Oh yeah, I definitely do.
1: Anyways, how have things been, man? This so yeah, our uh, for our listeners, it's it's been what May twelfth was I think the last time. We actually had an episode where it was just God, me. Was it? Yeah, it was, it's been like a month and a half because. Oh,
0: but we've we but we've talked since then. Yeah. Uh. It's, it's just that it's just that we haven't had an episode of me just me and you since then.
1: Have we talked since then? I'm not even sure. Yeah, because
0: we re- we recorded the we recorded the one with Patricia and the the Patricia and, uh, and yeah, and but Chandler. I don't uh, I don't count
1: the I don't count those though because it's different whenever we because we we did Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: but but I'm I'm just saying it's like it's like it's not like we have not had a conversation. And
1: right, right, right.
0: We we do technically have a, a weekly one hour one <laughs> on one on on my calendar, <laughs> but um between my move and uh just stuff at work it's just been so hectic the past few few weeks um yeah yeah no and and and, i mean i'm doing good um it's just like i'm just starting to get into moving mode and uh uh in the past when i've moved i think i've i've always like left a lot of the things to the last minute or i've been super time constrained and so as a result of that, I'm like over planning this move. Um, like, like as an example, I, my mom's going to be flying out for, for two weeks or so in August help me pack. Um, and for listeners who don't know, so I, I was an only child raised by a single parent until, uh, my mom remarried when I think I was 14. So we have a, we have sort of like a Gilmore girls esque connection. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to leave that reference there for anybody who can appreciate it. But so, like, I, I, I told her, hey, can you come out and help me pack? Because I know it's going to be, like, emotional and stressful for me. And uh, so she's coming out for two weeks in August. And I'm starting to realize I think that there might not be anything for her to do by then. Because I've overplanned this move so much. Like, I'm I'm going to be starting to pack next week. And I'm like, like, my strategy is I'm going to do, like, a box a day. And you know, then I'm going to be in New York for two weeks, so I don't really do any packing then. But I think there's a pretty good chance that she's going to show up here, and then I'm going to mostly be done because my my strategy has been I'm just going to do it a little part, like little pieces at a time, right? Instead of like doing all of it in like you know two weeks where I just like take off work, I'm just like doing it in little chunks at a time. Like I've already gone and gotten rid of uh, most of the stuff that I'm not taking, Um, but it's just you know a move just a move like this just consumes a lot of time. And then there's like, there's like a whole list of like California stuff that I feel, I feel like I got to do before I leave California. So, uh, <laughs> like, uh, like, Christabella, like what? What, are we, what are we doing? Well, Chris, um, Christabella and I went to, uh, Lawson, uh, National Park, uh, last weekend. It was actually like funny timing. So my, my dad is, uh, is really outdoorsy and he got me a national parks pass last year for, uh, for, like uh, Hanukkah um I think maybe it was my no I think it was Hanukkah um and so I booked a bunch of uh trips to national parks over the summer um twice two to Yosemite two trips to Yosemite and then one to Lawson and at the time I didn't know I was moving to New York and I didn't know that I was going to be selling my car which is my first car and like my my love and joy <laughs> um uh, and, uh, so I'm really glad that, that like, it was just really, really fateful that he'd gotten me that pass and that I'd booked those trips in January because like, it's impossible to book reservations for anything now. Um, right, right. if I, if I would only like done it now, I wouldn't have been able to. And like Yosemite, you can't even get in to the park without like a reservation. So, so yes, yeah, so there's a bunch of that stuff. And then, um, you know, just been, just been crazy with work, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's starting to get like real because like I'm going out to New York in like a week to go look for places. So like my uh my time like I sort of started feeling like six weeks ago like oh crap like the move is here like my time in California is done and now it's all gonna go very quickly like from this point forward until when I'm in New York like it's just gonna be a whirlwind um and sort of like like yeah like, like that I I I have not moved out of California yet, but I'm, I've i reached the stage where stuff is going to happen quickly enough that, um, uh, and, and all this, and all, it'll all be changed that, that I've, I've already effectively left that, you know, cause like wh- when you're in the state where you're like packing up your apartment, like you still don't live in that state, you're sort of in a transitionary period. Um, and so really like, you know, like May was my rat- last real month, uh, in California. Uh, I mean, to some degree, this this month. But I was already sort of in moving mode.
1: Yeah. You excited? And so we're
0: gonna. Yeah, I am excited. Yeah, I think it'll be really fun. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to being closer to uh, um, uh, my grandparents. And you know, I I have a whole collection of friends that lives out here in Silicon Valley. A bunch of them are moving to other places too. Um, but uh, one of the nice things about the uh, the tech community that we're in is that it's sort of like a global community. So, you know, anywhere that I move, any major city that I move to, I just I instantly know that there's going to be a there's going to be some number of people that I'm friendly with that happen to live in that city. Um, Like, you know, it, it's I don't know. I don't know how far the train is from Toronto to New York, but like I think it's like. You know, a couple hours at most. What? Um,
1: <laughs> Definitely. Maybe it's like four hours from Toronto to Montreal. Uh, oh, the, okay. The train right. is no. like I don't. I if we're there's a there's a Billy Bishop Airport that's on Toronto Island, and it's like a it's like a fifty minute flight, and it's like hundred fifty bucks. Which yes, very privileged. But like, uh, if I'm going to New York, it's it's via plane. It's not. Uh, it's
0: okay. Not All right. Train. All right. But 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 like. At least we'll be in the same time zone, and then, like, you know, I, there's a bunch of C++ people in New York yep. um, that I'll be able to chill with, and so, yeah, it's just, like, it's just this nice thing that, like, you know, the, it, pretty much anywhere I go in the world, you know, there's always going to be people that I know. Isn't,
1: like, uh, one of the planned f- f- first couple ISO meetings going to be in New York?
0: Yeah, the, um, the next summer meeting, um, you know, assuming that we have face-to-face meetings. So right now, the plan is that the um, 2022 winter meeting, so the 2022 meeting that would be in February, um, is planned to be in Portland. Um, and that's not actually a rescheduled meeting. That was like a meeting we planned pre-pandemic, and it's actually a, a joint or a uh, Two co-located meetings, the C committee is supposed to meet a week before that. So that that meeting is the first one that we think might happen. And then the New York meeting um, would be in, uh, I think, June 2022. Um, so right now the plan is, like, we're assuming that, that those are going to happen. But, you know, we really don't know.
1: Yeah, it's um, too early to tell.
0: Uh, it's too early to tell. But I, I I think it's, you know, it's looking good right now. The thing that I worry about now is not um, not whether we can hold the meeting; it's whether we can hold the meeting equitably. Yeah. Um, you know, if if you hold a, if you obviously it's going to be a hybrid event. You know, no matter how we do it, it's going to be a hybrid event. Uh, prior to the pandemic, the um, committee, the C committee meetings largely didn't allow. For remote attendance, and that didn't mean that we forbid remote attendance. Um, you weren't allowed to vote in plenary motions if you were attending remotely. But honestly, voting on plenary motions is not like really what participating in the committee meeting is. Your, your—I always say to people, your voice is much louder than your vote. Your, your vote is almost not. You know, it's not something to lose sleep over. Um, uh, and this is like, I, I tell this in particular to, to, there are some folks who, for a variety of reasons, don't have voting rights in the committee. And, and you know, I have to tell them that's not really, you know, super, super relevant. Your your votes in subgroups, um, what we call straw polls, those are a little bit more important. But again, even there, your voice is just far more important than your vote. Um so you're not allowed to formally vote in the plenary motions if you attended remotely pre-pandemic. Um, and we, we didn't really have any infrastructure in, in place for allowing remote attendance. There were some people um, uh, that had attended remotely for some discussions in some special circumstances. For example, um, uh, Chris Kolehoff, uh who um, lives in Australia... Um, and uh, for whom it is difficult to travel um, to a committee meeting, not just because of the time zones, but also because of work, um, he's not always been able to, you know, uh, take the time off of work to go and, and travel to a committee meeting for a week. Um, and and I I could be wrong, but I believe that he's a, a an independent contractor, so he would not only be taking a week off of work, but he'd be paying for it himself. Um, and so you can understand why he might not be. Um, excited about the idea of paying a bunch of money to fly for a week to some location that's very far away from home, um, when there's only, you know, one day of things maybe that would be of interest to him. So I recall, um, him calling into, you know, some meeting in 2017 or 2018. And I I recall that happening like a couple times, but it was always like one or two people like a special case, um. Definitely, the pandemic has changed that, and I think definitely post-pandemic, the committee meetings will be hybrid. Um, And I and I don't think that that's just going to be a temporary thing. I think I suspect that that will be a long-term thing that that you'll be able to attend remotely. I don't know about voting, but again, I don't know that voting is is the important thing. Uh, The important thing is that you know, like like all those special cases that we had before the pandemic. It was always logistically complicated. We had to figure out, well, okay, do we have the teleconferencing equipment for like to make this happen? Do we have the, you know, the webcams to make this happen? Do, do we have a way for them to feel like they're in the room to raise their hand, etc. I, I recall in one particular case where somebody was listening remotely, um, but they didn't have a way to speak to the room, and the way that they they voiced their input was they would send a message on IRC to Jonathan Wakely. And then Jonathan Wakely would relay what they were saying. And then they would hear the response to it. And then they would send another message on IRC to Jonathan Wakely with their response. And just the whole, that whole setup was just not very, um, it, 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 it didn't, it didn't express what they were trying to get across very well. Um so I imagine that we'll do better on the infrastructure there, you know, that, that, that will we'll probably make sure that we have a teleconferencing solution at whatever venues we're at. But, um, I still think that there's a problem of equal access, especially, you know, if it's possible for us to meet in the U S but it's not really possible for a bunch of people from outside the U S to attend. Um, you know, the C++ committee is supposed to be this international effort. And so if, if the Portland meeting and the New York meeting are going to be held in the... So the U.S. obviously already has a, um, an outsized influence on C++ because, um, you know, the majority of committee members are located in the U.S. Um, it's probably true that the majority of committee members are American citizens, um uh the US tends to have an over um uh, uh to be very overrepresented in tech standards would you say it's a majority um, it's
1: definitely a plurality um is it do you think it's more than
0: 50% yes i i'm i'm almost certain that it is um i guess the meetings uh, that
1: i've been to were all in europe so maybe that yeah maybe that influences that i saw more europeans cuz they were held in europe but probably the ones so, in the US are... Less so. so
0: the way to do the, the way to do the math on this is um, quite simple. The, um, I, I don't even have to log into the, to the insights website and check how many members are on the roster to, to get a sense for this. ISO limits um, each nation to a hundred delegates um, for uh, their delegation to a particular working group. And, um, and the U.S. is so far over that limit that a few years ago, the U.S. national body for the C++ committee got together and agreed that they would only register one person from each U.S. company as an official representative um, because that was the only way to fit within that hundred uh, uh, person limit. Um, so the, the U S delegation is definitely well over a hundred members. And even at our largest committee meeting, we only had, you know, 250 or so attendees. Um, uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain that, that the U S is definitely a majority of, of, uh, of committee me- or that, that the majority of committee members are U S citizens. But anyways, the, the, so, so let's say that we have this Portland meeting and that, like let's just assume that um, pretty much only the U.S. based folks are able to attend that meeting, and of course there are some people in the U- There are some people who are member who are not U.S. citizens or who have dual citizenship, um, but live in the U.S. and so they represent other countries or other regions on the committee. Um, uh, and so maybe they could attend, but still basically you'd have a situation where all the US folks would be at the face-to-face meeting and all the non-US folks would have to attend that meeting remotely, um, you know, via telecon. And because the meeting's a hybrid meeting, you don't really have the luxury of picking time zones that are, you know, friendly to the rest of the world. ISO's general guidance for meetings now is to, um, to pick a rotating times, um, slots. So they, they identified three time slots that are good for different regions of the world. And their advice is basically for each, for each meeting or, you know, each day of your meeting, pick one of these time slots. And, you know, for some, for any one person, some of these slots are going to suck. But the idea is that by, by, um, rotating through the slots, you know, some people, there'll be some slots that are good for some people. Um, but I can just imagine that that it'll be pro- problematic to ensure that um, uh, that we really that we can hold these hybrid meetings in a way that um, is fair for all the participants, regardless of what country they're living in.
1: Yeah, I guess time will tell to see how it unfolds. Yeah. One, if it even happens, and two, how it's executed.
0: Yeah. And I, I am I am proud of. The ways in which the C++ committee has been able to evolve during the pandemic, um, I think many people who know me know that I believe, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm very much a logistics and process guy. Um, and so I, 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 I very much believe that the C++ committee needs to modernize how we evolve C++, um, you know, a lot of our infrastructure is somewhat outdated. Our our model is somewhat outdated. It should be more open. Um, uh, it should look m- more like how uh, newer standards, like some of the web standards, are developed. Um, uh, and we've taken great strides, you know, during the pandemic to modernizing our process. You know, we've we've done all of our evolution for the past year on telecons um, and on mailing list reviews and. You know, we do a lot more of our evolution on GitHub. Um, but I still don't think we've we've really come far enough. I still don't think that our evolution process really um, mirrors what the best practice is. You know, we, we there's a big gap between how C++ is evolved and how a language like Rust is evolved. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, pretty much all of the Rust evolution happens, you know, online on their forums. Yeah. Um and the thing that saddens me a little bit is that we're still a long way away from where I think we need to be. And even this, even these sort of strides that we've made in the last year, um, they've made it clear that it's going to take a longer time to change the culture than we might like because the participation level just has not been the same in the past year. And we just, we have not had the same bandwidth even with doing these telecons and even with doing reviews on things like, you know, over email, we're just not getting the same bandwidth and engagement. So as much as I hate to admit it, we really need these face-to-face committee meetings next year to be able to really finish C++ 23. Uh, And the reason that we need them is because um, as as much as I hate to admit it, um, we're just not getting enough work done uh uh through the the purely virtual process um and i mean i think we're getting better at the virtual process and i think a lot of the the innovations that we've made will continue but there's there's still a long way to go and i think that the problem is not actually in the technical details or the process itself i think it's in the culture and it's really hard to change culture
1: yeah that's for sure
0: so what about you how have you been
1: I'm good. I booked my haircut while waiting for you to show up uh, on, the, on the first day it's possible to get a haircut because
0: we, we both do need haircuts. I'm not cutting my hair, which is now pretty long and curly until at, at least until I move to New York and I might keep it for a while there.
1: Yeah, you're, you're, for, I, yours looks good. I like I like the look on you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, uh, I mean, I, I now pretty much always have to have it with a headband up and a a hair scrunchie in, um, I have a newfound appreciation for people with long hair. Um, but my, my mom's hairstylist has curly hair too. And so she prescribed a whole regime for me. And so my bathroom, I have like $300 of like five different hair products that, I put in my hair to
1: is it reg- to is it regime it, uh... or is it regimen I feel like regime is like a
0: regimen I think yeah yeah I think <laughs> regime yeah. is
1: like a political uh
0: <laughs> I think you're right yeah you know I'm bad at words <laughs> but but you know I have I have really thick curly hair and for many years for many years and I I blame I blame my mother for this for many years um uh I was taught and trained to fight the curliness of my hair, you know, to try to keep it short, try to make it, you know, nice and straight, get it in a comb over. And it's only been as an adult that I've realized that my hair looks just fine. If it's curly and like properly maintained. And that is just like a better life to live than trying to make this incredibly (laughs) curly hair do anything else.
1: Yep. I like it to stick with it. Mine, I, it just, it's getting in the way. I've been running a lot. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. about to break uh, my my monthly running record.
0: Oh, uh-huh, congrats. Oh, how? what's your monthly running record?
1: I think last summer I ran 454 kilometers one month. Right now I'm at 436, wow. and there's like, what, five days left That's or nuts. four days left. Oh, yeah. Also, That's- too, should we say something about Pride Month? I realize... Well, we, caught, we, we recorded the Patricia Chandler three-hour mega episode, which turned into, you know, four episodes. And then... Wait,
0: how are you... What? How are you, how are you running that much? Because I'm not even biking that much.
1: Oh, no, I guess I am. Uh, people, um, people are always like, oh, you must have no t- free time for anything. And 400 kilometers a month... Over thirty days is thirteen k a day, which I can run in sixty minutes. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. I guess like 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 well, this this week I did one hundred and twenty kilometers. Last week because I was hiking in Los I did eighty four. The week before I did one hundred and thirty five. Before that I did one hundred and forty two. So I'm like averaging like one hundred and twenty a week. Okay. Yeah. So yeah.
1: If you if you basically it's, run every day. Which I usually take like one or two days off a month, and that's the thing is like that doesn't mean I'm running cr- crazy hard every day. Like, yeah. I don't really do tempo days. I I run either like a decent pace or I take it easy. So like my my easy days are like my break days. Um, yeah. And uh,
0: I, yeah. I I used I used to do I used to do a longer ride on Saturdays and then a shorter ride on. Um, most of the weekdays and then well the, the, uh, so i don't bike every day i have two days a week that i do yoga with my mom and uh like i do ma- i do exercise every i guess that's the difference between us you're this is you do it every day basically yeah. i have two days a week i do something else but um now i just do the same route every day um uh well, and, and some days i do like an extra three kilometers. like my the route is like 25 kilometers if i do it exactly but some days i'll do an extra like three to five um and i have i used to go to two different bike trails but now i just i just go to one just because it's like um i don't know it's like flatter and more consistent and like closer and i used to bike to the bike trail but uh <laughs> it's just like it's just like more time efficient for me to drive there and then get in a longer higher intensity workout
1: yeah anyways yeah so uh, just, just running lots but are we supposed to happy pride month <laughs> i just think fi- yeah I, we should
0: definitely say something about pride yeah. month yeah. what should we say uh happy pride month <laughs>
1: um <laughs> two white guys who consider themselves allies figure out what to say at the end of pride Month. and this won't even come out in pride month this will come out post pride month
0: yeah let's see what should we say what do we say
1: to all our uh lgbtq plus listeners
0: Oh, hang on. You're breaking up for me.
1: No, I didn't break up. I just gonna... I just stopped talking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was the start of saying something. Oh, man. This, this podcast is going to be uh, just a, a mess to edit. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Happy Pride Month.
1: Happy Pride Month. All right. I'll cut this up real nice. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Happy belated Pride Month and have a great day.